0: You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis
1: Lifestyle Radio.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Terp Talk. I'm Sarah Tokes. We're with Ski Moscato, and this week we got a special guest. We have Samia in the house.
3: What's up? What's up?
2: Awesome. So.
0: All right, uh, Vic. So what's up? You work for Samia. I was just wondering uh, about the name, you know, how'd you get started? Because I know that Samia means uh, seed in Spanish. I mean, in English. Just uh, let me know a little bit about it.
1: Well,
3: yeah, pretty much, I mean, it does mean seed, and we are in a predominantly Latin community, and we cater to them specifically, and we'd like to cater to all the other people as well evenly, but we just like to make sure that we're involved in our community, and we want to always be able to give back to them the best we can. So being that we're part of the pre-ICO group, and a bunch of us are micro-businesses, we are pretty much the seeds in L.A., and we just decided to call ourselves the seed. me is kind of synonymous with everybody as well. And we're just hoping, you know, we're going to grow to be a giant-ass weed plant. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. So what did you do before cannabis?
3: Originally, I was a paralegal. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been in cannabis since pretty much out of high school. Well, the 215 days were a little different than what it is now. So it was really easy to pick a niche and go about your way with it. So I decided to pick uh, clones as a nursery. And we were very few, maybe I think three retailers in all of LA. So we were all doing pretty good and we had a really good reputation. We were house of clones. We ended up becoming best in all of SoCal, I'm pretty sure. We passed out a lot of genetics and it was thanks to a lot of really cool people that are still in the industry doing really big things. So now that we're here, you know, it's all homage to all those people giving us the benefit of the doubt and working with us and giving us an opportunity to end up here. And now we're at Samia, uh, partnered up with the gentleman here. Henry's the coolest guy. He's really passionate about making sure the business succeeds. So we always have constant pressure to make sure we're doing good for the community.
1: Cool.
2: That's awesome. So when you started House of Clones, did you create your own genetics? Did you go pheno hunting? Like what got you started with that?
3: I was more on the business side. I wasn't too much on the actual genetics side. But the guys I trusted to make sure the genetics were strong enough to keep our reputation solid, they did a really good job previous to me getting in cannabis to pretty much collect and make genetics. Uh, Madman OG was created by a few really good friends of ours that are doing amazing things today. And they blessed us with those genetics. And the lineage of those cuts were so good that our returning business was Impressive, And once we decided to just stick with really top quality cannabis clones, we didn't stop there. We just kept adding more and more flavors. As things got popular, we worked on trying to acquire the originals. It wasn't always successful, but just the fact that we were trying to keep up with the cookies coming out and then the gelatos and then the purple punches, that gave a solid reputation to know that we're trying to move forward and not just be kind of old school about it.
2: That's awesome. So did you start growing? Do you have a growing team? How does that uh, whole thing work?
3: I've never grown weed a day in my life. What? This whole time I thought
2: you were a grower. No,
3: I've (laughs) helped plenty of growers in any kind of task. They might need help. I do get the basic understanding of what needs to be done to make sure that at least the plant's alive. Uh, The vegetative (laughs) state is easy. It's the beginning part. It's not that difficult. Anybody could do it. But the flowering portion, I just trust the growers to do their thing. I'm not trying to go and pretend like I know what I'm doing so (laughs) I trust them give them the tools to make sure they succeed and just cross my fingers I guess but I think for the most part growers need to stay in the grow room and do their part and nobody should bother them and everybody else should just kind of lay back and wait and see what the final product is before they judge because some of these guys have very unorthodox ways of growing and yeah you just got to trust the guy
2: what's like the weirdest growing method that you've seen working in cannabis so far Uh, the
1: weirdest
3: (laughs) I mean, the vertical boys are pretty cool. Yeah. It's the one I've not seen as common, but it's pretty cool. I think it's ingenious because you can utilize a lot of space if done properly. But I mean, I've seen guys sweat plants, which is really good when they're curing. They pretty much bag them and then unbag them. It's a really weird method, but it works amazing. It makes it nice and cushion and dense. So it was pretty cool.
2: Yeah. That's
3: awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um, <clears throat> so, Vic, where's uh, Simi located for those people that don't uh, know? Simi is in Sun Valley, 7648 Clybourne, <laughs> Sun Valley, California. What up, what up? Come on through. We got sick-ass deals. But, yeah, we're in Sun Valley. We're in the heart. We are in a city that's pretty much predominantly run by dispensaries that are really good customer service related. So we have to be even better just to compete with these guys. We're so tight-knit. We all know each other. So it's pretty cool to have healthy competition it gives the best benefit to the customer because then they get to see us compete to have the best price and it's obviously whoever could beat the price and customers are going to come through
2: of course of course and the one thing about your shop is you guys always have the best customer service and the best weed yeah i've been shopping there for years you know it there's no (laughs) doubt in my mind that we
3: have the best customer service Everyone I'm that that you guys so positive bring on. about that. Our team, they're animals. They will take any upset person, and in three minutes is our checkout time. So anyone Damn. coming in in three minutes is going to be smiling on the way if out. If you need it, they got it. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's only top-quality merch. It's only stuff that is worth the bang for the buck. It's not some, you know, like I there's certain things that just I refuse to do myself being from Prop 215 to Prop 64, and some of the, Practices we have right now that I just don't want to participate in I don't feel like consumers would either so I try to kind of cater to a Comforting crowd when you come in you understand that what you see is what you get out the door and Definitely, Everything yeah. for its price is top quality. There is nothing that you're gonna be cheated on everybody leaves winning So that's the best part for
2: us Awesome, so um, tell us a little bit about your transition from t- prop 215 to 64
3: so 215 was something kind of dear to us because we were in a sense reliant on advocates setting the rules because 215 was with chris conrad and uh steve labelle he was a judge really good people these guys were the ones that put the foundation down and they knew cut cannabis they weren't just politicians they weren't just attorneys they knew cannabis so they were able to work with the cities and put something together that was really beneficial to us. You guys saw how crazy it got from 2006 to 2015, 16. It was crazy. 180, 200 shops almost popped open instantly. Yeah. So being able to be part of that and then seeing that 215 was so compassionate towards everyone, then going to 64 where the taxes are out of control and literally out of control. You have a partner in this business, whether you like it or not. So if you... Our sole proprietor and you own this business alone you have a 33 to 35 percent partner with the government Damn, and that's no joke and it's taxing, it's taxing <laughs> so and they don't want to for example during that time they don't want to close trap shops well we worked so many years to have the opportunity to be a licensed entity that if you're going to charge us x amount of dollars you got to give us the best chance to practice to give you those taxes but unfortunately we all come from the trap shops, and if these guys didn't close at the rate they did, the government would have never gotten the tax money and we would have all failed and all this hard work of litigation and trying to figure out what's a proper measure to take and what's a proper dosage for people to consume. All this calculation was done for nothing because end of the day, you're not going to be able to succeed in collect tax from trap shops. So,
0: Yeah, that's the good thing about working, making one... <laughs>
3: Yeah, when you work legal, it's, fu- it's not fun because there's no rush to it. Now you succeeded. Okay, you did all the dirt you had to do. You did all the grimy work, for example. Some people moving packs, other people growing, other people uh, putting pieces together, catering for these guys, whatever necessary to make the product move to get the money generated. Then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you're doing this and you're kind of hiding from the law doing yeah. it. Yeah. So in a sense, it's like I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just feeding a family. but. It's because you guys gave us the opportunity to do this. You didn't think it would be at this rate or you did, I'm sure you knew, but we're participating. And after that, then you go to regulation, then that whole thrill isn't there. Now it's like, okay, graduating college, having a degree and now you actually got to go practice. So now it's on you to go make money and show it and give it to all these government agencies. And go learn
2: metric. And (laughs) go learn metric.
3: You're just learning what they know so you can explain to them what you're doing. And they don't have to try to decipher it. It's like, this is how you have to explain it. And that's it. Question. Yeah. Is
2: it true that um, California has a security camera in every dispensary?
3: So previous regulations stated that, yes, they wanted to have full access to your uh, data. Well, what they do is they give us a certain window of time more than other businesses that we have to record that data on DVR just in case they want to take it. So standard DVRs are like 60, 30, 90. Yeah some of ours go twice three times that in data recording if oh, yeah, necessary sure. so that god forbid something were to happen year or two you might be able to actually have i'd say eight nine maybe ten months of data to go mm-hmm. back to
2: that's so crazy i remember yeah. during that whole transition from 215 to 64 and um that whole scare was coming out like oh the government's going to put cameras in the shop and everyone's just like running out with the big baggies like trying no,
3: to <laughs> i don't think they'll be able to do that yeah. right now because there's no idea who's really solid licensed or not. Even some of us are still giving our annual tax money and giving all the necessary payments we to, to keep our business licenses alive. Sometimes things change, and until they have a concrete foundation of, okay, this is it, phase one, phase two, phase three is all done. These are all the stores. These are all the grows, and that's the cap. Then they can regulate and say, okay, we have access to all these guys and put a camera, for example. But that's not going to change anything because – the industry is legal now, so whatever we're going to do has to meet metric and has to meet testing. So as long as it does that, you're good to go. So if they want to see your entire staff dancing and having a blast at work because it's a great industry to be in, well, so <laughs> be it. You know, But it's not something you have to worry about as far as them seeing what you do, if it's an issue or not.
0: So, Vic, um, I have a question about, like, you, well, you know the social media right now is blowing up, coronavirus. Right. How has that, uh, has that affected the, the business, or, or how, like sales gone up, sales gone down, or is it the same? or?
3: I feel like it's the same. What happened is uh, we had a lot of customers come in and do bulk buying, in a sense, but that's going to hold you out just the same as if it were if you came day-to-day, let's just say, right? You just save because you're buying bulk. But if I were to smoke an eighth and it would take me three days, and I buy two eighths, well, I'm pretty sure that guy's not coming for six days. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of makes it the same. So— In a couple days, yes, everybody had a really good influx because people were panicking, and then it kind of died down and became pretty regular. But the fact that it did blow up for a couple of days, let's just say it did increase your visibility as a store. Right, all right.
2: Definitely. So um, when it comes to cannabis and purchasing cannabis, do you feel that terpenes are, like, key factor, or do you believe in more of the Indica Sativa hybrid myth?
3: Uh look indica sativa <laughs> hybrid I have a feeling there's some science to it I'm not the expert at that I just understand the basics of it just like everybody else indica makes you knock you out sativa makes you energized and hybrid somewhere in the middle well okay you're right, but certain people smoking sativa say they sleep. People smoking indica say they get energy. So does it affect us differently? The research isn't there right now, so I don't know what to tell you. But <laughs> how do you I'm, feel? How do
0: you feel about that? Like, do you have a preference, or you just like, you know, just I give just me smoke it, indica to get high.
3: Yeah, I just smoke indica if I can. I'm I'm not doing no sativa, no edibles. That thing gets me wired, and I'm not down with that. I'm trying to relax. But terpenes right now is number one uh, in the industry. Bag appeal is what we'd call it, in nose obviously right. So customers want those, and you got to make sure you could produce. The display might not be as lush and smelling, but once you open that bag, if it doesn't kick you, then you're going to lose that customer because the competition is crazy right now. There are so many amazing companies putting out quality flour, whether they're sourcing it or they're growing it. Either way, it's fire. So the only thing they're doing is trying to compete with price. So I don't think it's going to be wise for any company to have cannabis that doesn't meet the criteria of bag appeal which is really good nose and structure of buds on obviously your trim job has to be amazing because that just makes the product look so much more take notes take notes there's so (laughs) many brands
2: out here that you're paying 60 70 for an eighth and you're like how is this like quality wise if you're paying that much for weed you should have a nice trim job
3: yeah trimming makes the world of difference i mean people might think your stuff is greenhouse or outdoor if it's not trimmed right so pay your trimmers give them what they want Make sure pay them
2: per pound, stop paying them per hour (laughs) or give them some bonuses per pound. This is coming from a a past trimmer. Uh oh, I stopped in like '64 because I was trimming over at Universal Collective and they were like, Oh, yeah, we're only going to pay you like $12 an hour to trim. And if you trim a pound, you get like $50 bonus.
3: Welcome to corporate America. And I
2: was just (laughs) like, Skirt, I'm good. Like, I left that shit so fast. It was not a vibe, but. I miss the prop 215
3: days. I love 215. 215 took care of so many families, people for generations in Humboldt that we are not really too familiar with down here in SoCal. At least, a majority of us pre ICO individuals definitely are. Our entire livelihood depended on us having a connection up there to be able to cater to us down here. Oh, really? Every one of us had great advantages the further up we had friends into the California emerald triangle so once we got to that area where you have a connect and you're good because you can get things passing all middlemen you get direct grower experience and man that the profit margins on that were incredible if you had a store if you didn't it wasn't bad either yeah but stores were having a great time
0: damn so uh, like speaking uh back in the day um when you smoked your first uh like joint or first uh weed like how did you how did Man. you feel about it? Did you like just fell in love and just started smoking every day, or was no, like not at all. No,
3: it wasn't. It wasn't one of those pleasant ones. It was
0: just a <laughs> paranoid it, one. You no, know it was just
3: it, yeah. I was kind of paranoid. I was really tripping out. I didn't know what was going down. I ended up laying on my friend's bed, just staring at the AC vent, and the AC vent had like one of those taluses that move when you know it's on. Yeah, because it was really high. <laughs> So I was just tripping on that red thing and thinking, man, am I that stoned or is the ceiling over there that high? (laughs) I'm like, who would have reached up and grabbed that thing to know what's going on? It just didn't cross my mind. So I just stayed there and they thought I was really messed up. So they brought me like water and they're like, yo, just keep drinking the water. You'll be cool. But they were cool. They took care of me. So I didn't feel like I was in any danger or anything like that. But I just tripped out a little bit and didn't really like the experience. And I was a sophomore in high school. And if my brother or my dad found out, oh, Lord, I'd be I'd be hung the next day. They'd kick my ass. But. Uh, besides that, it wasn't that amazing. And then the following day, I smoked again with them. And then it was kind of like just chilling with the dudes smoking. <laughs> I want to see why they get so high. So all sophomore year, I smoked, and then I just stopped. And didn't smoke till I was, like, 21. And that's only because I got in the industry. And like I tell everybody, you got you to gotta taste your wine before you sell it so you know what it is. So all right. by default, I started smoking again. But the capital gain was way more interesting than it was mm-hmm. just the high.
2: Definitely, I feel you on that. I got traumatized after I smoked, but I don't think that I really stopped that much after. <laughs> <laughs> you when know, I had my first that's
0: edible. I like literally thought I was like going through hell. Like I thought I was gonna go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, oh shit, I'm doing something like bad. You know that my parents yeah had taught me that this, this is bad. You know you shouldn't do this or whatever. Yeah, that stigma is interesting, huh?
2: Were but, your parents okay with weed? You oh, said no like way. no. No way.
0: No, my no parents way. still don't know
3: oh
2: my god it's <laughs> no, like oh what I'm telling I think they know but like you know, I
0: think they know but we never like you know talk about it. about it yeah
3: I mean it's it's, n- it's just as acceptable as cigarettes were back in the days when Marlboro and all that came out so prohibition was in the 20s and now we have our own set of prohibition for our generation whether you get to live through it or participate is two different stories because the yeah. participant is never gonna have the same experience as the consumer and the consumer unfortunately doesn't get to have the headaches of a participant but Besides that, I mean, everybody and their mom uses some kind of CBD product today, don't they? I mean, they got marketing out for it. So it's just a handful of us, I believe, that are kind of resisting this transition to how amazing this product really is. Because the cannabis alone is going to be able to replace so many other materials we're using that are not beneficial to earth. And all this waste we're using will be eliminated by just having biodegradable cannabis products. So it'll be pretty dope. It's just the propaganda, you know, like... Line
0: yeah, it truly is thing. at this
2: point when it comes to the whole like uh cannabis stigma on everything and um you know, like there's that CHHA Act. Have you heard of that? The Jack Herrera initiative. They're trying yeah. to bring bring back the Compassion Act. Oh yeah, yeah. Of yeah. like Prop two fifteen, they're trying to get it put on the ballot right now.
3: So before we weren't allowed to give any donations back. We weren't allowed to give free joints if yeah. you came. We weren't allowed to do any customer appreciation. Recently, that changed. Now they have a setup where we do have the opportunity to give back completely, no tax, nothing. So now it's up to, I think, some software work to see if the companies are going to be able to adjust accordingly. Because our softwares that we use cannot let you purchase more than your legal limit. Yeah, And they regulate a lot of different things like taxes and discounts. So if we talk to them and they are on board with the new Compassion Act, which I think is what you're talking about. Then we'll be able to do much better on discounts
2: definitely and like with that whole thing um is it like a database when like you go shopping so like let's say i go to your shop and i pick up an ounce and then i go to another dispensary and i pick up an ounce is it like a database or how does that work
3: it's personal to store and it doesn't go anywhere oh so we do we don't like push the data it's our data there's no agency or government body that comes and takes our data We push all of it to metric, and that's based on sales and not based on customer retention.
2: So for the people that are scared to go to licensed dispensaries because they think that the government is getting your data or selling your data, what do you have to say to them?
3: No, the government (laughs) is not getting your data. It's like the same thing people used to say, oh, I got a wreck, and I go to a bud shop, but then some people are like i don't want to get a wreck because it's going to be on my record what record you know it's client there's
2: doctor a, privileges
0: a lot of
3: people like paranoid about mm-hmm.
0: that yeah like oh i don't even
3: want to go in
0: because i have to show my license or like show my id and my rec. yeah dude i hear
2: that all the time and like i have a lot of friends that are still in the black market and they always say like oh i've never walked into a licensed dispensary and i'm like how can you be a part of the industry especially for so long and you've never walked into a licensed shop. Like, that's just, that's so surreal to me to be like, you're part of, like, the industry, community, whatever. You have a brand, you're a vendor, and it's like, no, nah, I've never been to a shop.
3: You right. know, a lot of people have never been to a trap shop, and they come straight to a legal shop.
2: And, and But do they know?
3: They have no idea what to do. There's so many new people. There's people that have never in their life purchased cannabis on the streets. And their first <laughs> experience is straight to a legal store.
2: That would be so overwhelming. Like, I started off, like, buying weed from my older brother, and I'm pretty sure, like, he would always jip me because he would give me, like, this itty-bitty nug for, like, 20 bucks.
0: Yeah. Like, so. <laughs> the
2: smallest. Yeah,
0: people back then would right? be like, yeah, the little baggies. You remember those yeah. little tiny little bags? Or, well,
2: like, done. my weed would just go missing after I just bought it, and the house would smell like weed, and my brother would be like, "Nah, you smoked it. And I'm like, you know what? You're probably right. Like... <laughs> <laughs>
3: No, our house, you could not smoke. Oh, my God. If my parents found out my brother or I were smoking or anything to do with cannabis, I mean, I don't know. My dad probably kicked me out the house. Really? He was always pissed thinking my brother smoked weed when he did. And I would just, we'd never, you know, rat on each other, just cover each other. But the problem is that it's not as bad as people make it out to be. So we're coming from a generation of youth that we know that, hey, it's just weed, you know, it's not going to kill you. And we, as smokers, refuse to allow it to be a gateway to something else. Whether it is or it isn't, we come back to weed. So right. I don't alcohol, know.
0: Alcohol influences you more to do things. I <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, and, oh, and like I hate the, that shit. Then, uh, yeah. And the thing weed. with
2: cannabis it's like it actually helps you like fight addiction when it comes to like um, recovering from opiate addiction or like other like hard drugs that actually like levels you, keeps you balanced, and kind of like gets your mind right. You know, like because it's mainly just like. PTSD with those people all like mental shit
3: I mean cannabis saving lives it's straight up saving lives every single day and FDA and all these other governing bodies I don't know who authoritates everybody but the fact that it's taking so long for us to find out cannabis's benefits is amazing to me because coronavirus we're finding (laughs) things out about it on a daily basis you know
2: yeah but
3: cannabis that could help prevent a lot of problems we're taking forever to do some research on I don't know what we're waiting for. It's only in the U.S.
2: though. Like as soon as you like go to Israel or go into other countries, like Israel has been researching cannabis for the past like 25 years, you know, like versus like the U.S. where we're still a Schedule One narcotic. Right. And with all that research, yeah,
3: we should be able to put out some really solid data, things that are going to be able to be sound and not questions of indica sativa hybrid and up or down or CBD THC. There's all these others. Delta 8, Delta 9, CBG, CBN, all these varieties of things that I'm learning every day that are coming out. And I'm no expert at any one of them, but I do know that it's so vast versus what we knew before that it's overwhelming to the point where you're like, now this is some serious science. This is not just everybody here saying, I have some indica, I have some sativa, I have some hybrid, it's a Kush, it's a chronic. And pretty much that's it. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, there's, like, millions of strains. And, like, it's more outrageous. creating. They're just creating more and more and more and just.
3: I remember back in the, the days, like, a handful of strains. You know, your Blue Dream was your sativa. Your Jack Herrera was your sativa. You had Maui Wowis. You had Bubba Kush. Like, where's Bubba Kush? Who sees Bubba Kush nowadays?
2: No one sees Bubba. Can we please bring, bring back, back Bubba? Bubba, Bubba but, like, a pre-'98 Bubba. That's, like, a
3: strong indica. Everybody smoked Bubba, passed out. So we don't have exactly. Bubba. That's like, <laughs> the hardest indica to hit, you know? But. Now we have a million strains and people doing all this pheno hunting and all this crossbreeding. It's amazing. We we're going to be able to put out so much good stuff. And hunting seeds and doing the genetic swap is, is a, a difficult thing to do. I believe it's one of the hardest parts of cannabis after tissue culture. But I think whoever has the best genetics eventually is going to win. And that's going to be the end of the game because you want consistency across the board. So if this individual is all the hype and putting out all the quality product, that's exactly where I want to be. I don't want to be competing with everybody in every category.
2: Yeah.
0: But is it, you think it's going to be, it would be tested more like scientifically or by people? Like just by people's um reaction or by their uh, intuition?
3: Everyone <laughs> says, oh, it, I need to smoke more. I need to smoke less, right? I have a tolerance of this much, I have a tolerance of this little. I'm a low-tolerant smoker in my opinion. She says she smokes blunts at a time. So compared <laughs> to me, me and her just can't hang. You know, I could take a few drags and I'll be fine and she'd need the whole blunt. Okay, well, some people say the sativa affects them different than the indica. I don't know what to tell you. If everyone has their different feelings about it, I don't know if all the data in the world is gonna be able to justify what this guy's feeling. And if they're not going to be, then pretty much, I don't know. I, I mean, science can say it's 100% indica supposed to make you sleepy. Yeah. This guy's smoking it, running around on doing Like, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I work out when I get high. So I mean, I could get high and work out. There you go. So, I've done it high and worked out, but I relax because I smoke indica only. I, I
2: smoke XJ13, which is known as a uh, sativa dominant, just strain in general, and I actually smoke that before bed because it hits me like an indica. See, that's like... Oh. Like, that's probably the strangest thing. Even... Um, The Strabanati by 3C Farms, shout out 3C Farms, um, that shit smacks me like an indica. Like all these like super terpy, like limonene, garan oil, those type of terps that are known for being like sativa dominant, those just make me pass out for whatever reason.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. If they do come up with some science to really determine how it's supposed to affect you and it's not biased towards an individual, but it's just like alcohol, you know, you drink enough, you get wasted. So... If they have a regulation like that then yeah i guess we'll figure it out but in the meantime just enjoy your pot be safe about it you know don't smoke too much I'd yeah say. definitely but like in other states <laughs> don't eat um, too much <laughs> don't eat, don't
2: too, eat don't much. too much <laughs> yeah. like let's not even get into uh edibles but in other states like nevada oregon and i believe washington they test for terpenes in the cannabis do you think that would ever come from california testing
3: everything will be the same across the board once federally it goes different uh, once federal is approved the whole system will change
2: how do you feel about federal legalization
3: I can, <laughs> i'm not bot i'm not against any kind of legalization obviously i'm participating in a legal business and all the facilities i work with are legal so i'm for it because it's as if i worked all these years in the black market or prop 215 days to give up and say, oh, you changed the prop to 215 to 64. I'm never going to do cannabis again. No, that's not the case. You're throwing this hurdle in front of us. Whoever succeeds, succeeds. Whoever doesn't, hopefully you find another opportunity somewhere because L.A. regulates and sets all the trends, all the price points. The entire world looks at Los Angeles and its cannabis to see what we're doing. Even in Amsterdam where cannabis was around before us, these guys are having menus on their board that says Cali Kush. Really? And it's literally Cali weed. And they literally have a separate menu for Cali weed. And that's thanks to the guys here like Cookies and Kings and uh, Fidels. let's just say the homie. All these guys doing really amazing things, having great product to push out and – get it to the hands of the masses with their genetics so seeds and clones all that stuff do transfer
2: yeah i think that cookies opened up in israel as well like last year that was yeah they opened up in israel that's super crazy
3: yeah shout out to serge he's the grower there he's amazing that guy puts down some amazing work uh that's (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like
2: let's not let that happen right now that's dope though um was there any other brands that like you were affiliated with like besides Samia when it comes to growing? Like how tight is that little circle of cultivators? Uh, we uh work?
3: we have access to each other, all of us from every major brand. We, is it pretty
2: clicky though, mm, or is everyone no, it's, more like?
3: It's a respect situation. It's a matter of uh, kind of like it's it's corporate business now. So buying power matters. You know, being able to support another brand so that they could continue. Yeah, is a big thing. Being able to work together to make sure we all survive is a big thing and we all come from the compassion time so it does work i've had numerous conversations with other owners and brands on how we can help each other make the brand and the store popular and it's always about sitting down and making sure it works for everybody the transparency is being practiced fairly well when it comes to making deals just so people don't kind of get out of line and say oh that's not my that's not my plan you know that's not what i signed up for but i think for the most part everybody's working together to push brands i mean hefe was a great brand still is a great brand we work with them they had the pods like bloom and moxie and a few other brands and then uh, jeters is a really good brand that we started with as soon as we could they were amazing product they have really good cannabis in their joints and then uh, heavy hitters supports us really heavy with
2: heavy hitters i saw that they just came out with some weed um do they cultivate their own weed or do they source it uh
3: heavy hitters I believe at the moment might be sourcing the weed, but I'm sure they're working on cultivating. They're really smart when it comes to doing the business over there.
2: Yeah, there's some OG. Yeah, they're the like, first
3: individual to put distillate in a cart. Heavy hitters started this whole thing.
2: Eh, so, I don't know about that. Yeah. Eureka. <laughs> mm, Eureka.
3: I, I wouldn't say so. The whole. Like, really?
2: Yeah. I'm they pretty came solid. out at like the same time. That's why I'm like.
3: <laughs> but I think the the tech was done by the owner of Heavy. That's why, because oh, these really. guys. Came out with brass and, I mean, dude, everybody in their mom knows brass knuckle and heavy hitters yeah. from 215 to now, you know. Everybody
2: still smokes on brass knuckles. And I don't think they realize that, like, there is no brass knuckles in the compliant market. It's all oh, black yeah. market yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After that, they yeah, that's making true. the black market.
3: Ones. Yeah, there is absolutely no brass knuckle left. now. In the California
2: market. I know they're yeah. in the Nevada market. True. No
0: yeah, I don't
3: know much about Nevada right now.
2: Yeah, not the vibe. That is <laughs> <Nevada's laughs> an interesting situation. Stop <laughs>
0: buying brass knuckles in Cali, you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's not good for you. It's got Stop that. buying
2: counterfeit cards, please, and KRTs. <laughs> oh, right. okay.
3: In time, that'll pass. It's
2: like, oh, we're here for you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, but no, nah, I think brands are really important for us, you know, to pick the right one to put in the store just so the customers have a great experience. Most of our brands become friends of ours because we really have to rely on each other to make the smooth transition from deliveries and payments and all that
2: That's stuff. That's how we met. Exactly. I was a brand exactly. rep with Mass Roots a few years ago. and
3: Yeah, we were just talking about that. I couldn't believe what they were doing. Mass Roots was giving away <laughs> tickets to events and all kinds of for cool people things. to
2: come in and like buy like X amount of weed yeah. and then
3: buy fifty bucks of weed and you got to take it to a Laker game or, or some like basketball a Dodgers game, yeah, and Dodgers like game, shit like that.
2: Who, like, Who wouldn't buy the weed then? <laughs> Everyone Everybody was buying body. it. Right.
3: Everybody bought them.
2: But there's some stuff that I can't say on the show. Right, and, <laughs> and then they stopped being a
3: company, so I don't know. Sorry, Isaac. Yeah, <laughs> You got good thing going.
2: It was cool for a while. But um yeah, that's awesome. Your whole background in cannabis and everything. So cool. um do you have any like favorite terpene terpene profiles, if any? I don't you know by terms? the scientific names, <laughs> but I have been
3: to the Weed Maps Museum a thousand times when it was open and we did get to smell some of the terpenes and I've smelled terpenes, but terpenes in a jar smell way different than when you add it to the product. Definitely. So but with cannabis, anything with a good sweet nose, I like it. I'm I like the fruity, easy stuff. I don't like the too hard indicas. I like to enjoy it and just taste different varieties, I guess. But the punches are something I really like. Girl Scout cookies are really good. Uh, sativas, I love all the smells, I'm just not going to smoke them. Really? Simply, I'm just not going to smoke it.
0: Do you um do you do a dab as well? Flour, nope. everything or you just You don't uh, dab. You just strictly flour?
3: Carts and flour, yeah. Carts when I have to, but flour if I don't. I like flour. Why not dab? They? I have dabbed. It's not that I don't like it. It's just too much. And honestly, the biggest concern I had was, was uh, all this regulation and all the changes that are happening. I'm not trying to be missing deadlines and being stoned and just. You know I'm, saying? <laughs> like, I'm really not trying to be that guy right now. There needs to be some civilized individuals, so to say, and make sure we get things done because. These licenses are not a joke. They're worth a lot of money and you don't want to have issues with it. So you got to make sure you practice good business practices to have the state and the city support you and keep your doors open.
2: That was like the best answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> like you're so responsible, such a responsible business owner right here. We got to be, right? We got yeah, to keep the Yeah, you doors have to open. set a good example for the community, other people that are trying to get into the cannabis community, be more like Vic. Hell yeah.
3: <laughs> if we have compassion and we work together, it'll blow up.
2: And that's the thing um, about this industry is, like, the past few years, it really has been lacking the compassion since the whole 64. Um, a lot of people aren't really supporting each other, collaborating, doing anything like that, and it's just, like, making magic like what we're doing right now is kind of, like, where the industry should be at moving forward
3: i think you guys can't blame the stores the stores are I
2: mean, suffering it's not so much the stores it's more of like other brands and so-called like influencers that's stuff like that. that's what
3: like, i mean like the the market is gonna give us a lot of challenges right now why because since since 64 everybody was giving away free joints free eights, this that hooking people up five grams left, for 40 five for 40 seven
2: grams for 50
3: right right but now imagine if you had to take 34 <laughs> and a half percent of that same dollar amount and give it to the government. What's that guy left with? You just took away all of his money and he's left with less than what the government's getting.
2: So is it really like a full thirty four percent right.
3: So um, we have to pay twenty seven percent up front when we buy the product. Damn. So let's hypothetically say we bought some item for ten bucks each. That's twelve seventy to me. I'm gonna have to be able to do the math to get myself some profit and sell it for let's say a twenty dollar item. Yeah. So imagine the margins you're working with. That's why when we try to explain to other markets that you know you might be doing great in other states or other cities, anything out of LA, but LA is such a tough market to get into that if you make it in LA and you become a name, you're gonna succeed. But if you can't meet the criteria of the budget that people are shopping in and you're thinking, for example, someone's gonna buy your $90 one gram cart or your $100 eighth of wheat. Right. Certain <laughs> communities just aren't going to do it. You know what I'm saying? You're yeah, just, definitely. I, and that's, that's, you're not going to put Louis Vuitton on, I don't know, freaking Glen Oaks and Glendale. Like, you're just not going <laughs> to do it right now. You know, like the, it's just not the place for you. You're not going to take it, put it in a swap meet. So you can't expect the same money everywhere. So that's why you have to be strategic with what you put in your store. And I think that's, all based on you doing research of your demographic and average yearly income in your area. Yeah. And right if you don't that. do that, then you're just shooting in the dark because if, a, if the average guy there makes 60 grand. Yeah. And you're trying to sell him $100 stuff. He probably doesn't want to buy it. Yeah, yeah. low-key, I you don't know?
0: really, like, go to license shops. Like, I'll be honest. <laughs> you know, I just, like, I mean, it's There's cheaper so somewhere There's still shop shops else. that are open. is yeah. cheaper somewhere <laughs> else, you know. It's,
3: like, you know, that's what people get, you know. And then there's 10% tax for the state and nine and a half for the city.
2: On top of egg size. Yeah. That's how it comes to 34 because it's a 15 egg size, right?
3: 15 is now 17, which is in fact 27 if you're doing it at cost. That explains
2: why I've been spending so much on wheat lately.
3: (laughs) A lot of stores aren't making money.
2: Yeah, they're barely breaking even, and that's the part that sucks about it.
3: We were there, we've been there, we know how it is, we barely broke even, and now we're trying to progress and do more marketing and get more people in there. So really we're not making money to say that, man, these guys have a weed store, they're caking it. No, highly unlikely. This is regular business, brands are killing it, they're trying to dictate the market. It's not always gonna work, but occasionally it does. And you gotta hop on that bandwagon and start marketing really hard, trying to get people in that door, trying to give them the best deal. Just like back in the days, you go to the guy that hooks you up the fattest,
2: Exactly. You don't sit there and worry
3: about, do I got to drive all the way two cities away? Yeah, why? He hooks me up fat. I like hooking up with that guy and telling him that, yo, my other homie wants some. Can you give me more? They'll be like, hell yeah. <laughs> then you hook up with the dude and you're like, yo, so every time my friends come, you're going to kick me down some weed or whatever. You, you finesse your weed out of it. but
2: And that's how you get referrals, everybody. There you go. You know?
3: <laughs> we got a sick point system that we do, and they get a certain amount of points back for every purchase they make. They can technically walk away with hundreds of dollars of free merch on the monthly basis if oh, they're really? regular. Oh, really? We're one of the few people that have a give-back program. Do like you guys that. have, a, like, an app or a little card? It's a, you or, just come, or... put your phone number in, make a purchase, uh-huh. and after your first purchase, you get anywhere from half to a point per dollar. And that equates to a lot of money into the month. So during coronavirus, I've had guys that had two, $300 worth of points that they didn't know about. What?
2: That's Damn. so crazy. And then they can And use what it. can you do with the points? You just Shop. get, like, like flour? Anything you want Like, cannabis product. Anything you want in the store. Oh, so it's like a give back. It's program. a complete give back. That's awesome. Yeah.
3: And we do that specifically because so think about that. We have a five to ten percent loss on that. Every day we do ten percent discount on a various item, munchy Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wax Wednesday. Each day we have a ten percent discount. Right? Yeah. So technically every month and every single day we're giving twenty percent back by choice. To make sure that and our prices are competitive
2: yeah you have like the best prices right
3: so if i have the prices and i'm giving you 20 percent pretty much off on a daily basis that doesn't leave me with much you know what i'm saying but what it leaves is you having a really good experience not feeling cheated or you paid too much for weed leaving the facility thinking damn if i need more i know where i'm gonna go but as long as you're gonna come pay let's say 60 bucks an eighth which isn't pretty common anymore but it's becoming more and more if you're gonna pay 60 bucks an eighth every day, some people smoke an eighth a day.
2: I just paid 75 oh. for an eighth the other day. Is it I worth didn't it? Even...
3: The most I pay is like 25.
2: <laughs> for an eight. Eight. <laughs> said, is it worth it? it? I'm... <laughs> I'll am i bring <it> an <laughs> I mean, you like, judge. <laughs> it's not worth 75. I, fe- I mean, there's some but weed, it's weed that I weed get. that's hard to find. It was the seven leaves, of the Matt Barnes company.
3: Yeah, see, that's exclusive because you're just buying a brand.
2: Yeah, like that was the main thing. It's, like I knew what I was getting myself in yeah, for. Yeah, it's all brand
3: marketing right now. So, I mean, some brands are doing really good, putting out amazing genetics. And they're doing really well with cultivating. Other have you brands- heard of
2: cream genetics? No. They have some Not bomb-ass gen- yeah. genetics. Yeah, they have like a white strawberry cheesecake. And it's like a sativa-dominant hybrid. But it kind of hits like an indica because it's like super sweet and like piney and plum. Famous mom. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put
3: in a word. Tell them some is looking for cuts. If they can send it over, we could cultivate for them, and we'll be able to see if it's any good, and we'll give them our rundown. Oh my God, that would be <laughs> that <was pretty> cool. <laughs> yeah, we're always down to participate and grow for other people if they want us to. We're down to collab and do seeds or colognes, whatever have you. We're pretty open to much anything.
2: Do you guys still sell clones at the shop, or that's just like your past? No, the no more right
3: now. Uh, we have a few friends we're working with that are going to be using a nursery license soon. So we might release our genetics to them and allow them to keep us in the loop. But as of right now, no clones. We just do our own cultivation over there on site and we just produce for ourselves right now.
2: When you guys had that, what I think it was the blueberry pancakes. Yeah. Was that a um, strain that you guys made yourself? Or did you guys think? No, we like don't.
3: That? We don't hunt or we don't make anything. We just pretty much consult with people that have good genetics and see if they have something that we can partly use and put in our room once we get something that we like we have to dial it in first it's not the first run that's always the best
2: it's pretty tight the lift ticket
3: yeah lift tickets are dope They Ooh. get you pretty lit
2: it's tight that's why like i passed it to you i'm like let's see if it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh you're like uh- i passed it to you i'm like Will you be able to hit it? Because I can't. What's uh, what's the best-selling product
3: right now in in Samedia? Best-selling product? Honestly, the best-selling product is our house wax. Our house wax is 20 a gram. It's beautiful yellow.
2: And who makes your house wax?
3: We commission different people. Okay. So our whole goal with the house wax isn't to make money. Our profit margin is, like, slim to none on that.
2: Last time it was Flav?
3: Flav, yes. We had Flav. We've had House. Uh, we consulted with Goodleaf recently, a uh, company that just does extractions. And we're going to be talking to everybody and anybody, just trying to get the price to where we need it to, to maybe see some profit. Because yeah. as of right now, that only thing we're doing with that is making sure we try to keep it in stock for dabbers that just want to come get quality product at a reasonable rate and you know, not have to pay $40, $50 bucks a gram.
2: Yeah, I like yeah. your house wax. It's a um, great
3: product. We literally... We have such great relationships that I'm amazed we we're able to do it at that rate. Yeah, we have such yeah. good relationships. I mean, people sell that to us at that. Because it's
2: rate. it's 20 with tax. Yeah. for a full gram, guys. That's pretty like good. That's, that's a good deal. Pretty, pretty good. It's like super bomb, and that's it's an like
3: amazing deal. I'm not even gonna lie. That's an amazing deal, dude. You get 20 bucks a gram for shatter, and it's gold stable oh my god you're gonna have a blast with that thing you can buy a gram as if it was a dub of weed back in the day
2: exactly and like the best part about it i always hit it with like my nectar collector so i'll take it on the go i'll uh pack it in like the carta or whatever i have for the day
3: yeah it's amazing i love it i love the fact that we can provide something like that and have people come in and just i mean I can't say enough about that wax deal we have been so blessed (laughs) with that deal honestly we just decided to just blast off with that and we've been killing it ever since and we're just going to keep that deal going no matter what even if the price on our wholesale goes up we're still going to respect that price and keep it for people and that's just something we do for the community and that's pretty much part of our success too because no matter how it affects us on the back end we don't adjust that price for the consumer oh really yeah we take the loss if it goes up if it goes down we'll we're blessed, you know, we get yeah. to make some money on it. But if it goes up, I hardly adjust it.
2: How about with all your flour as well? Because I know the main flower brand you carry is like what? Crew, Crew. Heavy
3: Hitters? Uh, heavy Hitters, Crew is the two main flower companies I carry. I also carry 818 Genetics. Shout out to those guys at HCMA. Really cool cats. Uh, we also carry Loud Pack. I like Loud Pack's flower. Awesome Dope is really cool. The lime, everything we do is pretty dope. Oh, you dope. have the lime, right?
2: How do you like it? It's cool. I mean,
3: I actually did smoke some of it.
2: I know they're a newer brand, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. It's small, so it's just for people that are pretty much gonna roll it and not worried about having big nugs. I like lime. Lime is pretty dope weed. Do it's, you have
2: their pre rolls? I know they do like the itty bitty mm, little. Blends.
3: No, I do not. I just have the grams and itty bitty little.
0: How small? They
2: do uh, like
3: like baby jeters. Yeah, oh, like,
2: like not tight? like not like the point twos. They. They somehow roll up, like, mini blends with two grams. <laughs> really? Yeah, so there's, like, little mini blends, like but it's, like, fat. packed with, like, two grams of flour. Like, I gotta check that out. I saw them at HCMA, actually. Like, um, Andrea showed them to me. They have good stuff over there. That's so pretty cool. Um, yeah.
0: What would you recommend to, like, the entrepreneur, the starting entrepreneur, or somebody that wants to get in, somebody that has, like, nothing, or, like, doesn't really know much but wants to get into the business
3: or we think would be uh,
0: advice. I, or is that's there, funny. <laughs> I, <laughs> I,
3: I talked to a lot of people for some reason about this and recently a lot more than I'm used to and the answer is always the same. My only advice being on the purchasing end of product and placing it for consumers and seeing their reaction, having a day-to-day interaction with my staff and us being able to understand whether product works or doesn't work, I'd say everyone's prime focus right now should be to make a brand and to make that brand big. You don't have to worry about merchandise. You don't have to worry about having inventory. I don't care what anyone tells you. If you were to get really quality cannabis and jar it in your jar and say that you have the ability to curate great cannabis like this and take amazing content photo and put it all over the web and get exposure and grow, you stand a chance to become a brand because people are gonna want that product if they're already following the brand. It's all about brand and lifestyle. Right now, we're in corporate America. It's all about what regular businesses do to win, and that's market. So you got to be as smart as you can and just market. The yeah. rest
2: is easy. But there's yeah. so many regulations with cannabis marketing. I know, like Instagram. You <laughs> want <wanna, you wanna, laughs> not People have are getting it. shadow banned. People get their pages deleted. They get, like, blocked.
3: Welcome to reality. You are in a business that 90% of the people regulating it legally cannot participate in this business.
2: So they're just hating on us they could be doing many things
3: yes but definitely they do make it a lot more difficult because i can imagine knowing of this industry and not being able to participate i'd be torn i personally would be really upset if i didn't have the opportunity <laughs> to participate none of this was for the sake of smoking weed this was all 100 geared towards oh this is my era and this is prohibition i'm 100 in yeah this is going to be where Money is made and money is lost, and we've all experienced it. But to participate for someone brand new, the only, only thing that I would tell them is make a solid brand. Once that brand grows, licensed people would love to house you and help you grow with their powers. You stand the best chance of earning a position in a licensed facility without even having to pay or go through the crap that we had to go through to get these licenses. Because any big brand, for example, comes and knocks on any dispensary's door and says, hey, I want to be part of you and you could be a part of me. Whatever the negotiation is, it's a win-win for both. Yeah. And they will have no problem growing to as big as they want because the entire cannabis industry is looking at LA. So if you're doing anything, you have to focus on LA. If anyone wants to say otherwise, I'm willing to argue that every day because (laughs) when I tell you I got wine from Texas – you might like it because you know the vineyard and you're from Texas. Yeah. But if I say I got it from Sonoma County or Italy, I'm pretty sure those two are going to take the cake because the whole world knows that's where the best wine comes right. from. Oh, okay. So you know the best weed comes from L.A. And I'm not talking San, San Bernardino. Valley. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> talking San Bernardino County or Orange County or San Diego or NorCal. I'm talking about Los Angeles City and County. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Those guys from day it. one killed it. And no matter what anyone wants to say, we set the trends. We regulate the market. That's why it's so tough to get in L.A. Anybody from L.A., any single person participating in legal cannabis in L.A. is a force to be reckoned with in any other state. Any individual working in retail, any part of cannabis, as a matter of fact, in L.A. and is able to withstand the fucking hurricane we're going through, Yeah. you will kill it in any other state. But the problem is that that reach... Causes problems because you can go somewhere else. In my in my actual opinion would be if I were to go somewhere else and focus on another dispensary for Samia in another state, L.A. Any moment can change the rule. I have to be right back here to make sure I keep up with that and yeah. not have to have an issue. But other states and cities just set a rule and that's it. So I think it would be interesting to see these L.A. brands get access to all the states once the federal ban is lifted because.
2: That's my biggest question is, like, what's going to happen, yeah, is, like, would we be able to sell over state lines, stuff like that? 100%. Would it be possible, though? Like, what would all these—
0: now, people. Yeah,
2: (laughs) not even that, but it's just, like, with all the the cannabis right now, like, a shop or a brand can barely handle L.A. Like, some brands are running out of cannabis or wax, whatever they may be. Like, imagine having to cross state lines.
3: So having to cross state lines is going to be awesome. Because then it's going to give brands a chance to just drive the product over instead of having to go through this whole licensing process somewhere else just to be able to produce. But the winners are going to be the young men and women that are on the Salesforce team and that right now, if you're in cannabis sales and you want to ball the fuck out, (laughs) here's what you have to do right, right now. Take tips, take tips. If you're a fucking brand manager, you call every other dispensary in every other state, start making your connections Start making sure they know who you are and that if you were to come to that state to represent a brand that they would work with you and you only. Next thing you know, each person has a state and you don't need to worry about you're in my territory, I'm in your territory. So you go take over states. Obviously, the first orders are going to be the easiest ones because everybody's going to want to try some great L.A. brand. Yeah. And then you hop state to state, sacrifice a little bit of time. Your life is going to be on pause. But next thing you know, you're fucking caking it because... You have a whole state as your region, and that brand is going to bless you because you're taking care of so much overhead that they don't have to worry about. So you would give back to these brands, and you go state to state. You know how much money you guys can make? I know the percentages most of these guys and girls get when they come and try to sell us product, and I got to say, man, it's tough, but some of these guys kill it. All the ones I deal with, I see them. They hustle. They kill it. We got a few guys that are animals at what they do. Just because they're such good humans, we just always love working with them no matter what
2: yeah the brand so. reps really are kind of like the soul of the industry right now even if like let's say i'm a rep and i'm representing a brand that i don't really like fully like doesn't have like the best products and i go in with the new product, you know like the managers will just remember you for you instead of the exactly. brand exactly so
3: yeah there's not a single brand i work with that i don't like their reps i love all <laughs> their reps i treat them like they're one of my staff or my yeah. friends some of them are my friends now we've become Great friends with multiple people through this and it's a blessing it gives you a chance to really see like-minded people working together encouraging each other helping each other work out deals so that it's beneficial for both you know what i'm saying but before it was like here it is here's my price take it or leave it but now it's like we get to work with each other because i know this transaction is going to put food on your plate and yeah. my goal is to give you as much as i can without hurting myself and from your goal you have to give me the best deal you can without hurting yourself and it's an easy balance When that happens, you get prices like you do at Samia. Everything makes sense. Everything literally makes sense. We literally adjusted our entire menu and everything we have so that it does match trap shop prices. (laughs) And it literally is tax included. And a lot of people are doing the same thing. We're not the only ones, but it's tough. It's really tough for shops to succeed when we don't have cool brands like that working with us.
2: Yeah. When it comes to... um Your house brand, do you guys plan on getting the Samia brand into other dispensaries, or do you just plan on having it as a house brand?
3: Uh, The flower that says Samia would be at Samia only. Okay. I could be wrong, but I can't imagine another store really wanting to put my store's name in there.
2: I mean, like, there are some brands or some stores that do that. That's
3: what I'm saying. That's why marketing comes into play. Yeah. So if my guys like my weed, I wouldn't be able to— just put it in other stores and not mine with the Samia. Because I think the other stores, they would have to be charging a little more than me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it would be difficult for me to sell my own weed. <laughs> so expensive and make sure those guys leave a profit for us for each eighth that we give them and all that stuff. But that's the dilemma I have. The compassion is really big for us. We don't want to have to hurt anyone's pocket. So we want to be as fair as possible. So if I could get it to all the stores and get the same good rates for it from everyone and set it at a margin that we all make money. Yeah, um, they're down to participate. We'll give them great weed. And if not, we curate weed, too, so we can be able to get them whatever they want.
2: Oh, well, that's awesome. Do you guys have anything um, new coming up for this upcoming year? Any, like, brand launches? Any?
3: Yeah, we got Ava Spectrum. It's our CBD THC line, balm, chapstick, uh, patch, tincture pet tincture it's a really cool cbd thc line we got going on so we're gonna go ahead and launch that probably do a full reveal in a couple months we're working on getting our final batches set up so we can get through final testing and put out the new ones the old ones are just the lotions and the tinctures right now so those are amazing i mean it's so instant how it works that my mom uses it my entire family almost uses it my wife's mom her whole camp of ladies, <laughs> she nurses, they all use it. It's amazing because they would be like, what are you doing with weed? You know, it's terrible. Now nah, everyone's like, oh, give me that CBD. Let me rub it in. <laughs> I just
2: want CBD. Like, give me the weed cream. I need, yeah. the, I need the diet weed. <laughs>
3: yeah. My my pan, My freaking pancreas hurts. My knee hurts. My toe hurts. Everything is CBD, <laughs> CBD. And I'm like, dude, shit's amazing. I can't believe we don't know much about this, but. As much as we do know, it's so limited because it doesn't get to us.
2: Yeah, I remember when the whole like CBD thing first hit the dispensaries and they had that CBD living water and all that um, random stuff, and everyone was like, oh, what's this? What's this? And now look at where it's we like, are now. It's
0: the, it's the part that doesn't get you high, guys. Yeah, yeah. it's like the <laughs>
2: diet weed, but now we have CBN, THCA, CBGs, and like a million right. other There's so things. Right.
3: It's funny how some people using the stuff have no idea that they actually have an endocannabinoid system.
2: Thank you. They
3: actually have it. Like your body actually has a nervous system dedicated to cannabinoids. And where do you find cannabinoids? Cannabis, right? So if there's other cannabinoids, why aren't we exposing it? It's obvious our body needs it for something. That's why it's there. Why would we have it if it wasn't for the fact that your body is going to be able to metabolize that? And give you full effect because there's a nervous system related to that particular cannabinoid it's amazing i love that shit
2: yeah and that's the part that's so cool about cannabis it's like finding out all these new discoveries and all of the new molecules of the plant and it's like oh this reacts with the endosystem by like relaxation nervousness like appetite whatever it may be so yeah and the whole science behind it is it's just crazy amazing you don't have an alcohol system yeah there, there's no alcohol system we do have liver. natural opiate receptors though in our body
3: There you go. Let's do more opiates. Not. not, But it's like
2: uh, the cannabinoid receptors are more present throughout your whole, like, nervous system as well as your brain and all that stuff.
3: Yeah. I mean, damn, imagine. (laughs) What are the states that have no rules for drugs? There's a few countries like that that you can do whatever you want. I think Spain is like that. Spain, right? That's why everyone
2: wants to go to Spanibus. (laughs) <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Everyone wants to go to Spanibus.
3: Yeah, but it's like a free-for-all. Do whatever you want. And they're saying the youth isn't really taking to that. They, they're they seeing it firsthand how it's destroying people, all the hard stuff, and they don't want to participate. But they
2: have a drug education, and that's why. True.
3: They do have all that education just to keep people aware, but I think that's the safest bet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, but with the whole um <laughs> Yeah, and there, it's okay, it happens. Vic's phone just died during live. <laughs> yeah. Thank you to everybody down. that tuned Thank into you, our yeah, live. Shout awesome. out Cali Plug. <laughs> but <laughs> that's yeah, cool. that's the only thing. Um with other states when it comes to the whole like drugs, like they actually educate people on like what they do to your body unless on like the US where like they just prescribe us opiates.
3: You think that in Cali, they're gonna eventually give everybody a pass on all that stuff too?
2: I think eventually we will. Um, California has always been the forefront for kind of like starting a movement. We were one of the first states in the US to legalize marijuana medically. We were the first state in the US, even before Prop 215 we, um, we did not like give tickets or like we didn't find people cannabis use you know like back in like 1930 when this whole like reefer madness thing was coming to an end like california has always been on the forefront of like you know legalization being the first one to do things so maybe i can see them um just going ahead and just doing a free for all because i know they're uh legalizing mushrooms up north in san francisco they did that
3: no way Recent. Yeah,
2: over in Oakland. Oh, right, 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 right. They legalized uh, magic mushrooms.
3: I think that might be the next wave.
2: That should be the next wave. My thing is I would love to see a cannabis mushroom hybrid, like whether it be an edible or like those, uh, the caps, you know, like the THC little pills. Right. Do something like that. where so it's like half THC and half like the magic mushrooms and just see how that would work because people okay. do micro dosing Yeah, microdosing is really popular now. Yeah, especially when it comes to like people's mental health and like trying to like get them aligned. A lot of people just microdose. Yeah, I haven't messed with mushrooms
3: in a very long time. (laughs) So I can't say I'm one of the current users of mushrooms, but I'm seeing it as a opportunity to potentially jump in on it if the opportunity presents itself. We have a few friends working on actually cultivating some right now. And our goal is to see if we can produce quality yeah. Consistently.
2: Like mushrooms. Right.
3: So if What's we can- like the
2: whole legalization process on that? That's my biggest thing. It's like, do you need a license to grow mushrooms like you do weed?
3: Uh, No. You don't <laughs> need anything to grow mushrooms. The type of mushroom you grow might have something to do with it. But this whole thing is kind of, for me, it seems like it's kind of like the beginning of how the cannabis happened. There'll be some rule to come out soon. Yeah. Once that rule comes out. We'll expose it and we'll be able to produce. And then the whole storefronts will pop open too, or dispensaries will be the ones to be able to house them. So a dispensary could potentially in the future morph into something way more than just cannabis.
2: My mind is blown right now with that thought. Like, can you imagine being able to go pick up some mushrooms and weed in the same trip?
3: That would be awesome i mean hey if they do mushrooms i'm pretty sure they'll do lsd right after oh
2: my god they won't imagine.
3: wait
2: okay guys uh we're getting ready to wrap up this episode of terp talk do you guys have anything to say any shout outs before we finish up
0: well shout out to desto you know my boy off a lot of syrup
3: <laughs> shout out to everybody at samia we love every one of our fucking customers they're the reason we are where we are Shoot us a fucking review on Weed Maps. Five stars. Come through. Get a J. Don't even trip. We got you.
2: <laughs> awesome. And uh, again, thank you, Vic, for coming through, uh, educating us a little bit about your shop. Ski, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And thank you, thank make you. sure to tune in uh, next week, and we'll see you soon.
1: Cool.
3: You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.